0: Welcome to the Menopause and Cancer podcast, where we speak with cancer patients, survivors, doctors and amazing experts in their field to help us find solutions to our symptoms and also ideas to improve our health. My name is Dani Binnington and today we're going to be talking about sexual health. Many women say that they've not been able to have sex with their partners in many years because it's so painful. Many people say that they're experiencing vulval, vaginal and bladder issues. And I saw I've got two experts in the room with me today to help us find answers to all of our questions. Lavinia Winch is a sexual health educator and YES ambassador. And also we are joined by the wonderful Dr. Carrie Sonnenberg, a menopause specialist and GP. And both of these lovely ladies are going to really help us understand what our options are. I'm also joined by a whole group of these wonderful women in my community who are joining me live on today's recording so that they can ask the questions that are most important to them for experts to then find the answers for. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's definitely a get the pen and paper out episode and put your thinking cap on and I really hope you enjoy it. So I am sat here with the gorgeous Lavinia. Lavinia, you're a women's health campaigner. You're a cancer survivor yourself. And I don't know anyone better equipped to talk about vaginas, vulvas, all things sexual health and empowerment than you. Thank you for joining us. That's a pleasure, Danny. Thank you for having me. And we'll also be joined by Dr. Carrie Sonnenberg, who will take on the more medical questions about sexual health, like vaginal oestrogen. Lavinia, before you were diagnosed with cancer, you had an experience of perimenopause and some vaginal atrophy issues. Can you talk us through what that was like before you even had a diagnosis?
1: Yeah. Well, actually, it started way even before perimenopause. It started really when I first began to be aware of such a thing as vaginal dryness or the more severe vaginal atrophy was after I had my first baby. And I was breastfeeding um, completely breastfeeding, no no formula at that stage. And as a result, when you're breastfeeding, there's, you're not ovulating, there's very little oestrogen around. And so vaginal dryness is one of the side of the symptoms or the side effects of this wonderful thing that you're doing with your gorgeous new baby. Um, I didn't know this. I didn't have any background or experience to understand what was happening. Um, I didn't talk to anybody about it, but basically what we did is we went out and we bought lubricant and we're talking about 1980 because i'm very old now <laughs> that's when i had my first baby and uh, in those days the only thing available was uh, was ky and what i didn't realize was that actually this was causing me a lot of vulval irritation and vaginal soreness um and so quite frankly sex after uh, childbirth was very, very difficult for us, and I suffered from a lot of side effects. I went through a lot of um, medical research, uh, sort of investigation to see what was going on, but nobody ever asked me uh, what I was, whether I was using any lubricants, or what was going on. And so that sort of went on for a very long time. And then, of course, going into perimenopause and towards menopause, those symptoms became became worse. Um, And all with the urinary symptoms, which many people don't realize are also associated uh, with perimenopause and menopause. Um, So I went to a urologist and he said he gave me a estostically and said, there's nothing actually wrong, but he didn't click that in those years, sort of round about 50, between 45 and 50 as our oestrogen levels decline, that affects our bladder and our urethra as well. And so I I was left in the latch again, nobody really being able to help me until I found a urogynecologist who said, absolutely classic signs of perimenopause and meropause. Those bladder symptoms are very, very common alongside the vaginal dryness. So you might not even feel the vaginal dryness as a as a as a symptom but you might be experiencing some of those bladder symptoms and that's when I
0: started to get on the right path with the right treatment so for someone that has seeked out health care and help you must have felt very much let down for years and years and years and this has gone on over more than 10 years for no one really being there to help you Yeah, it was. You know,
1: we're talking about between 1980 and 2000, and you know, menopause wasn't in the public arena. It wasn't talked about. There weren't documentaries. There were. There was nothing. Um, So, um, my only experience of menopause was my mum and her hot flushes that she had around about fifty when we were travelling in America, and she used to keep popping into shops to cool down. She never talked to me about it. I honestly knew nothing, and I don't think that's very unusual particularly back then luckily now there is much more information available for people and people like yourselves and with social media you know there's so much more information but that's really why i'm so passionate to make sure that people have that knowledge have that awareness understand what their bodies and what's happening so that they can seek the right treatment because for me it took a very very long time to get the help that i needed
0: yeah and before we talk a little bit more about what happened then when you were diagnosed with cancer you just mentioned it's not always just a dry vagina let's talk about the other symptoms that women present with so that everyone who is here with us today live on this workshop or listening back on the podcast can kind of identify what we're talking about i have a quick favor to ask to help the show keep growing please click the follow button on your podcast player it really would mean a lot to me thank you
1: so d- dryness, you know, some people say, what does it actually mean when you talk about a dry vagina or, or vaginal dryness? Well, in terms of what you might feel, for some people, it would only uh, appear really when you're having sex. So sex can be quite painful. For other people, it might be that you are just finding it it's uncomfortable when you walk. It's uncomfortable when you sit down, riding a bicycle. You might be very sporty. Um, So for everybody, it's very different. Sometimes it's an itchiness, and it's not just internally in the vagina. The vulva can also be affected. So some of those symptoms might feel a little bit similar to thrush. And in fact, that's in my case, I was actually suffering from a reaction to a not very nice lubricant. But that itchiness and that soreness could well be very similar to thrush. And so you might just treat yourself with canister or go to the doctor without realizing that actually it's something altogether different. It is vaginal dryness. And vaginal atrophy is a more severe form. That's when the the tissues of the vagina become much thinner. They become much less stretchy. They're less elastic. And that's one of the reasons why sex can be really painful because you haven't got that lovely stretchy soft vagina so it's a sort of a, a myriad of different symptoms and for everybody it will be different even for some people there can be an excess of moisture it can be a little bit of a discharge that doesn't actually mean that your vagina is well moisturized or well estrogenized but actually it it is also a side of a symptom of vaginal dryness, perhaps a rather watery discharge. So for everybody, mm. it's different, and I think what 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 has to be very aware of is noticing the changes. For you, you might have thought, "Oh, something's not quite the same." Think about it and listen. And actually, there's one more really important tip: we should all be used to looking at our vulva. We should have a mirror mm. once a month have a good look. If something doesn't feel quite right, have a look and see what might be going on and make a note of what those changes are. And if you're not quite sure, then please, please do go to your GP. Uh, if you have a women's health specialist in your practice, that's a really good place to start. But do seek help from a medical professional if you're experiencing any changes which are different to what you've you've experienced
0: before. I hope that's Yeah, helpful. and when we're not going to do a poll. Um, we just did a poll earlier on with all the ladies who are live here. Yeah, I'm not going to do a poll of how many of you have had a mirror out and looked at your vulvas, although I'd like to know. <laughs> um, we're going to do that another time. Um, the, the symptoms can also extend to our um, toilet function, right? to how often you need to, to feel the feeling that you need a wee all the time, uh, all the way to bladder infections. Talk about those a bit because they're all part of what we're talking about today.
1: Yeah, so um, i I'd mentioned a little bit. So frequency and urgency, um, yeah, are, are, are some of the some of the symptoms, and a feeling that you never really quite have emptied your bladder. Now, again, mm-hmm. these can be. Mistaken uh, for the beginnings of a urinary tract infection, so it is important that if you also if it's if it's painful when you're actually weeing, then it is important that you go and have a urine specimen taken. But it's the, the lack of estrogen in the in around that whole area that can. It make those symptoms very obvious. So the stress incontinence, a little, a little bit of leakage, uh, that urge incontinence when you think you're, you, you get to the door and you think, oh my god, I'm going to wee absolutely immediately. So. Those are also related to the fact that there are oestrogen receptors within the bladder and the urethra. So that's why the term vaginal dryness or vaginal dryness, which was previously used to cover vaginal dryness, has now been extended and it's now called genitourinary syndrome of menopause to incorporate the urinary symptoms, which many people experience Um, and that might actually be the first thing that you experience even before you're aware that you've got vaginal dryness or vaginal atrophy and Mm -hmm. that was the case for me it was in perimenopause and that's why I went to a urologist and it's just unfortunate that way back then the urologist didn't click didn't put the two together and as I say it wasn't until I met a urogynecologist, so that's a gynaecologist that also sub specializes in urology that they said Classic, absolute classic symptom. And then after that, uh, I did experience more of the vaginal dryness
0: that I'd had postnatally as well. Mm. So, what help did you get when you then were offered help and support?
1: Okay, so then I was um, offered HRT, um, and I was very happy to having looked at the research that was available. Uh, the so I had um, an oestrogen patch and i used vaginal oestrogen i know we're going to talk about that later with with dr solenberg um, and then i also started using uh, vaginal moisturizers for on a on a daily or two or three times a week and also um a vaginal uh, lubricants uh really good organic water-based lubricants or oil-based lubricants for for when we were having sex um and those all that all those things helped tremendously and because i was I, using hrt a transdermal patch i my transition into full menopause was actually much easier for me I and mean, we will talk about later what happened when i was diagnosed with cancer but f- to begin with through those early years of those uh, through my 50s uh the hrt helped me tremendously i didn't have any hot flushes um and i i know that that's more problematic for anybody that's had a breast cancer. But for me, at that stage of my life, that helped me tremendously. So both the the transdermal patch and the vaginal oestrogen
0: and vaginal lubricants and moisturizers sorted me out. Mm. So then I know you were diagnosed with cancer and you were told to stop your hormone replacement therapy, which I know for many women listening is also what they've experienced and I know it can feel like a double whammy. Many women are worried about having to come off the HRT because it's helped them feel so much better. They don't know what other options they have. You were told to come off your HRT. Talk us through your cancer diagnosis very briefly.
1: Yes, so um I was 62 when I was diagnosed. So I was sort of, you know, post-menopause, but but in a good place in terms of my hormone levels with on HRT. I had a little bit of spotting um and i haven't been haven't had a period for many years and because of, of working in women's health and because of the job that i do because i've been to many many conferences i knew that that was really really important to go straight away so i didn't think oh that's nothing much it's just a little bit of spotting uh, i won't worry about it um but i went straight to my gp and postmenopausal bleeding is a red flag. It is very definitely something that needs to be checked out. I was lucky that I knew that and so I was referred straight away on the the two-week course and I had a hysteroscopy which indicated that the lining of the endometrium was thickened and that there was something there that they weren't very happy about. And so after they've tested it, they then came back to me and said, yes, you have got it. It's a very early stage. It hasn't spread uh, but we advise you come off your HRT, and you will have a full a full hystere- full hysterectomy. So that means ovaries, fallopian tubes, womb, and cervix. Uh, for me, postmenopausally, that wasn't too much of an issue because but for somebody much younger, that, that can be a much, much bigger and much more challenging situation to find yourself in. So I you know, I have to understand and appreciate that my individual story will be very different to anybody else's. Um so I was under a very good surgeon. I wasn't given any information about what would happen after the surgery. Um, but I was anxious afterwards to know whether I would be able to go back on my HRT, and that had to be a discussion that I had to have with my oncologist, and will probably be related to the type of tumour that that the that the cancer was. And in due course, I was allowed to go back onto the transdermal patch and vaginal oestrogen. Um, but there were other issues <laughs> that popped up in terms of my sexual health and well-being and my relationship, which
0: I'm happy to talk about at, at some stage if you'd like me to, Danny. Yeah, and I love your openness. I like how reflected you are. It is so very different for every single person. Person listening to us, right? It seemed like you had a good conversation with your oncologist. We know women that haven't even ever met their oncologist because of they were diagnosed in perhaps through lockdown, and it was only ever a telephone conversation, or they've just been speaking to their uh, specialist care nurses. And so everyone's experience is so different, and we need to help. Everyone start where they're at, isn't it? And whoever is listening to this conversation today, we really want to tackle everything of what we can do at home um, before we even go to our doctor to look after sexual health. Because I feel like I had to go into my 40s to even know how to look after my vagina and my vulva. And I think there is so much learning and basic information that I never had. And I guess many people have never had. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. You know that was completely i mean i had to learn for myself really and now looking back i'm just so pleased that i know so much more and the reason i share my story and i speak so openly about it is i really want other people to feel that they can also be open about it and not be afraid to ask for help and they will nobody is ever alone these these symptoms and these conditions whether it's just part of a normal straightforward reproductive and post-reproductive life, or even postnatal, or whether you've had a cancer diagnosis, these are incredibly common symptoms. And so it's really important to feel that there is somebody there that can help you and can talk about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about your journey of then becoming a Yes Ambassador, because I know you're so passionate about helping us and you've really taught me how to wash my vagina (laughs) and my (laughs) uh, What product? what products I can use. You've been really um, an integral part of me feeling more informed. Why have you become so passionate about this then? Because I know it's one thing having a personal journey and experience, but it's another thing than trying to teach everyone else about it.
1: Well, I mean, it it was my own experience until I met Susie and Sarah, who started The S Company in 2003, and then their their research took three years um, to find a product that they felt was really, really going to benefit vaginal and vulval health. And I met them in 2009, and they asked me, well, I actually asked for a job. (laughs) I said, please, please, can I come and work for you? But at that point, I still didn't know that all my... previous problems were related to using poorly formulated products. I didn't realize, I didn't understand about lubricant formulation or vaginal moisturizers. I didn't know that most products are formulated with glycerin, which can lead to thrush, which can irritate. So, my journey and my experience of wanting to share my story is inextricably linked to the fact that I found a job. And apart from anything Mm -hmm. else, to start a job when you're 59, which has really turned into a career was just in terms of personal development and personal growth. uh, I just have to be so grateful to these two brilliant women for allowing me to do that and then to share my story and share the knowledge that I've gained from going to like over 200 medical conferences, listening to some of the top medical professionals in the world. So it's not just my own personal experience. It's having learned so much. About women's health through these these mm. conferences and speaking to these medical professionals, that I then feel mm. I can these people, I can help people, and understand why um, you really have to be very careful about what you use on in your vagina and on your vulva, and mm-hmm. and that's that's where I am. And it was having stepped back from my role as medical liaison where I was going to just so many conferences, I couldn't step away altogether. And so I said, please, can I be an ambassador? Can I continue to spread the word about the importance of vaginal and vulval health? Um, But
0: the yes story is absolutely part of that, part of that journey. And I think there's something so inspiring and powerful to embark on a new career when you're in your late 50s, especially once you've had a cancer diagnosis and many other things like we all do that have happened in your life. And I want you to teach us in the next 20 minutes everything you've learned in all of those 200 medical conferences. Go. Oh,
1: my gosh. Okay. No, no. uh, Well, everything, almost everything I've said so far has it's been a combination of what I've learned, papers that I've read, research that I've read, and put that together to my own experience. So, you can imagine I'm sitting in a conference, and they're talking about the symptoms that I have experienced. So, not only am I learning for myself and learning so much more, but I'm also learning that I can help point people in the right direction because I'm not medically trained myself, but I have learned so much, and it's been so fascinating. So, yeah. The most important thing about using uh, products on the vagina or the vulva is that you have to be very careful about the ingredients. And we now know, and to be fair, it was Sarah, as a chemist, who realized way, way back in 2003 that Many of the products out there contain glycerin and glycols, which can irritate. Some of them have um, sort of perfume in them as well, parabens, which we want to avoid because they're hormone disruptors. And so the purity of the Yes products was really, really important. Um, and that's that's what everybody needs to know. I think Sam Evans says a great thing. She says, be an ingredients detective. So yeah. don't, you know, don't just Pick something off, of, off the supermarket shelf. Look at the ingredients. The pH of a product is really important. We need to remember that our vaginal pH is fairly acidic, it's round about 4 to 4.5, and the reason it's like that is to help prevent infection. So if we put a product inside the vagina that is more alkaline, that means a higher number, then you are going to change the biome. You are going to be much more likely to have an infection. Those infections can be a urinary tract infection, it can be thrush, or it can even be bacterial vaginosis. So. That is hugely important. There are other slightly more complicated scientific chemical reasons why our products are so suitable for vaginal use. I'm not going to go into them now, but if anybody wants to look up on on the website or if they want to Google the word osmolality, (laughs) it's closely (laughs) related to the ingredients. Um, those are the really important things. So pH is really important and avoiding any products which might irritate or might change the vaginal biome. That's the, so good if I go into bachelor.
0: a, sorry, if I go into a chemist and I see, um, a whole, um, row full of lubricants, uh, vaginal moisturizers, washes, yeah, how many washes- of those do you think will contain some of those ingredients that we want to stay away from?
1: Well, I know this sounds this sounds unbelievable, but very very few. I mean, honestly, they they are they are produ- produced by big pharmaceutical companies, and very very few of them will be free of the products which can cause irritation. I, I know that sounds as if I'm just promoting something, but honestly, the the science is there and the evidence is there. You only have to look on the pack. If you find something that works for you, then that's absolutely fine. But if you use something and you find, oh gosh, that's a little bit stingy or that I seem to have developed thrush, then you'd know that there's something in that product that has caused uh, that that problem and we're all different some of us are more sensitive than others but in terms of really good vaginal health oh my goodness it's just so important to use a product that is pure and has been really responsibly formulated for vaginal and vulval use.
0: Like I know you are even unhappy with some of the products a GP can prescribe is that true because you've said that to me before yeah How is it that possible? is true
1: well Again, it, it probably lack of lack of knowledge, lack of, uh, from the big from the original manufacturers of the products. Uh, there is a fantastic paper which was written in two thousand and fifteen by the wonderful Nick Paddy, who's a brilliant menopause specialist, and Dr. David Edwards. And uh, what what happened was that a, a whole range of products were sent off for testing. Uh, for pH and osmolality, and they came back with re- with those results, and those are published in this paper, which is available online. And um, it there are honestly there's this yeah in terms of prescribable products, yes is the only product that falls within the, the range of pH and osmolality that's available on prescription. So. There are other products, and there will have so there'll be something that's got hyaluronic acid in it, for instance, which is a very good moisturising product. But because of the other ingredients in it, that might cause irritation. So it is absolutely true that the GPs don't have this knowledge. We are trying to make sure that they understand the difference, and the paper is out there. It's been read online uh, like something like twenty-two thousand times, and it's been quoted in another fifty research papers. Um, and Naomi Potter has also written a paper explaining the importance of the ingredients as well. So it is; it, the information is out there. The science is true. The evidence is there. But unfortunately, the message hasn't reached
0: all the GPs or gynaecologists or breast cancer specialists. And that's when it's upsetting and frustrating because when someone goes to the GP and says, I've got problem with my, my vulval health or vaginal health, that is never easy. Like, I know it's yeah. very easy for you, perhaps for me to talk about our vaginas, but for, for the majority of people, it's actually quite difficult to present with those symptoms to the GP. It's much easier to say, I've got a dodgy elbow and then to be prescribed something that might not actually be great for us to actually include some of the ingredients that are really not brilliant for us. It's really disheartening, isn't it, when you it, think of that whole process?
1: It is. It is indeed. And you might not go back then. You might just think, well, if that's meant to help, but it hasn't helped, obviously there's nothing else I can do. But there yeah. is always something else you can do. There is always something else that 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 which that should work
0: for you. And We're getting lots of questions in already, so just put them in the chat box. If I'm not asking them Lavinia now, I will ask them um, towards the end of the conversation. Where do we start with vaginal and intimate health products? How do I wash? What uh, can I do um, on a regular basis before I even have to go to the doctor? What okay, let's,
1: let's talk. We'll talk about washing
0: first. So, first of all, we must remember that we don't
1: wash inside the the vagina. The vagina is self cleaning. You don't. We don't ever do any douching. We just leave the vagina alone. But the vulva is really important. Um, some people are happy just to wash with water. Uh, you definitely don't want to be using any shower gels or any perfume or any soap. Um, you want to use something that is very, very natural, and we we were asked by our customers to produce something. Some people feel that by by producing a product for washing the your vulva, you're suggesting that that the vulva might not we might not we want it to smell nice or something like that. But it isn't like that. If you have a little bit of urinary leakage or you've had a period or something, you might want something a little bit more. So we do have a product called Yes Cleanse, which is soap-free, glycerin-free, pH-balanced, um, soap-free, glycerin-free, and paraben-free. It's just a very gentle foaming wash, and it comes either in an unfragranced version, or we have one with a tiny bit of organic rose oil. And actually, we've had people who've used that all over their body. People who are going through chemotherapy who find their skin is very, very sensitive, or some people in, during menopause find that they have a, their skin is ultra sensitive or have that sort of creepy feeling of how their skin is very dry so some people will use it all over the body and that's absolutely fine so that's moshi nivalva it's entirely a personal thing some people would like something other people as i said just happy to use water and that's fine then if we talk about moisturizing we moisturize our face every day probably twice a day our skin as we go through menopause, or if we've had cancer treatment, can get much more dry in the same way that our vagina does. So we do have a vaginal moisturizer, which is a very lovely pH balanced water-based. And we would use a vaginal moisturizer on a regular basis for a long period of time. We don't have to, it's not a question, oh, I'll bet i use that for, for a year and then stop. Once you stop using something to help with vaginal dryness, the symptoms will just come back again. So, a vaginal moisturiser, um, and I've got something here. I'm going to show you on the on the camera, just a very light gel. It's a, designed to be exactly like your your normal moisturiser. Okay, that <laughs> very very light. Um, so where do you
0: put this? Where do you put it? You, you, put put it in, you, put, yeah, you put it on your vulva or inside?
1: Inside your vagina. You can put it on the vulva as well. It either comes in a tube or it comes in these pre-filled little applicators. Um, and it, so that's the difference. A vagina moisturizer is for long-term regular use. Uh, whereas a lubricant is what you would use for, for sex, before sex, to make sex more comfortable. Very similar formula. But the vaginal moisturiser is designed to release the moisture over a longer period of time. Whereas for sex, you want something where the moisture is getting to be released quite quickly. And that's where the, the Yes Water Based uh, comes in. So this is water-based, pH balanced, very, very natural feel and can be used with condoms. It's Again, it's a very light gel. I don't know how easy that is to see. Can you I see I can, can see that, yeah. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Yeah. And the lovely thing about this product is that after or after sex, it just gets absorbed beautifully into the tissue. So it also can pro- provide some moisture. You don't feel you've got to get out and wash it off. It's very it's very slippery, sidey and very natural feeling. And a lot of people wouldn't even their partners wouldn't even know that they were using something. It feels exactly like your real moisture. But a water-based product will always get absorbed fairly quickly. And that's why Susie okay. and Sarah came up with this brilliant idea of a plant
0: oil based product. We call this yes. Can I just interrupt you? Yeah. I'm going to interrupt you because the lady just said, What a lovely, knowledgeable lady Lavinia is. I could listen to her all day. <laughs> Carry on then, carry on. Oh, that just makes me so happy.
1: Thank you. Lovely lady. Thank (laughs) you. Um, Yes. So, yes, oil-based. Because I've mentioned that the water-based gets absorbed fairly quickly, so you might need to reapply, but some people would like something that is longer lasting, and this is where, yes, oil-based comes in. So, this comes out like a cream, so you can apply it. Oh, quite different. Yeah, because it has shea butter, cocoa butter, beeswax. It has sweet almond oil. It has vitamin E. It's certified organic, and it just softens into an oil. And again, gets it. What this does is it gives you protection. So if you're anxious about any friction, or you're feeling that things are going to be uncomfortable or hurt, this is very, very protective. It's very long-lasting. It doesn't feel quite as natural. You can see now that's just an oil. It doesn't feel quite as natural as the water. But we have another fantastic thing up our sleeve. Shall I talk about double glide? Go for it. (laughs) So uh, the technical term for painful sex is dyspareunia. And we have worked very closely with a wonderful psychosexual therapist called Ruth Hallam-Jones, and she discovered That if you put the oil base first in the vagina and let that give you the protective feeling for the tissue and then you put the water over the top or on your partner or your toy, whatever you're using, what happens is that the oil prevents the water from getting absorbed so quickly. The water slides over the top of the oil some people call it slide and glide some healthcare professionals have developed their own term for it we call it double glide and what happens is that the water then lasts much longer it feels very natural but it and it gives you the but the oil has given you the protection from any friction or discomfort that you may feel and this is something that has been really really recommended by psychosexual therapists by gynecologists So it's the double glide, what you do have to remember is an oil, but let me just quickly say an oil-based product cannot be used with condoms, no oil, whether whether it's coconut oil or olive oil or almond oil, you really mustn't ever use because the oil
0: can deteriorate the latex of a condom. Hey, thank you for listening so far. This podcast has an amazing Facebook community full of inspiring women supporting each other and sharing their stories. Please come and be part of it. We'd love to have you in the group. Click the link in the show notes and come in now. So we kind of have to separate those products, don't we? The, uh, lubrication is therefore when we want to embark on sexual intercourse or activity or play or stimulants. And then the moisturizer is something like you said, we protect, it can soothe, it can really help with some of those symptoms. And I wonder if our, yeah, if our amazing doctor Karis Sonnenberg is in the room already. Karis, are you here, my lovely, would you like to unmute yourself? I have already introduced you, Carrie. you're a menopause specialist, you're a GP, you've got so much experience and I know you're a real trooper for campaigning for more education and support for people with a history of cancer and in menopause and I'm delighted you're joining this conversation. Um, Lavinia has really talked so brilliantly about her experience and all of the different transitions she's just gone through. We've just talked about moisturizers and loops. When people come to you as a GP, I want to know, what do they say? Do they often say to you, I've got a painful vagina? Or how is that conversation? How do you get that information out of people?
2: I ask everyone. um so I don't find many people volunteer um that symptom themselves. Um so every because because of the nature of my work with women's health now, um I do two days on the NHS um and I ask everybody the same question. So I've now started since I've been doing more work with menopause, I now offer advice for menopause for almost every woman I see, um, I send her the information. um, So no matter what age she is, um, particularly as I fit long-acting contraceptives, so I start to, um, I ask women, no matter what age they are, about whether they've got menopausal symptoms and their periods are changing. And if you don't ask, you just don't hear the right information. Um, So it's just so important um, to make sure you're asking the right questions. So I I now ask everyone, no matter what age they are, whether they're 18, in their 20s, in their 70s, and I use leaflets now and I've got um, so little things that I've made with and laminated, and I've got products that I show women on my desk. So we talk about what sort of things they prefer and what's available, and what um, and how common this um, this um, genito urinary syndrome of the menopause is, and that you don't need to suffer. Um, and I talk about, I explain what happens to the anatomy of the vagina and the bladder. Um, so then women start to understand about what, what's happening to their body and how things are changing and why they're changing um, and then they're very happy to discuss it but um, I think it's something that if you don't ask and apparently even if you do ask many women will, um, will not feel comfortable talking about it and they might want to but you have to open the conversation that's what general practice often is yeah. we have a short period of time <clears throat> So we can't deal with everything in each consultation. But what we can do is open the door so that um, people can come back in and talk about it. And it might be something I say, okay, so, so Lavinia, I had your website up yesterday. So I was saying to a lady, okay, here you go. This is I, I, we've run out of time now. You've been twenty minutes, and and things are long. But this, I want you to look at this. So snap it. <laughs> so I have things up. So I I set I text people lots of information, um, and I say this is the website you're looking for. This is what it looks like. This is the vaginal moisturizer bit. Snap that. This is the lubricant part snap that so go away and have a look at them at at this and at your next appointment then i know you've started to think about it a little bit more because giving Mm -hmm. people i find giving people a lot of information in one 10 minute slot is just too much there's so much to cover so they need to have have the door open to discuss it to start thinking about it then be sent information and then to come back when they've reflected and they have thought about exactly what's going on in their body because sometimes you this is the first time they would ever have spoken about these symptoms. Yeah. They might not feel comfortable and they might also not really have thought about it in enough detail to answer the questions accurately for them. Um, so um, if you put them on the spot, it doesn't always help. So it's good to say, look, actually this is really common. Um, would you like me to examine you? And often women are really grateful to be examined because you know they've never no one's looked at that part um there's maybe a part that they're worried about that they don't know whether it's normal or not so um so this week I I always say to ladies do you look at your body do you look at your vulva do you look at you know which parts are okay and they a lot of women are, f- are frightened to look at that part of their body because they don't they uh, they just don't know they don't want to 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 do it so so I have to say you're not going to hurt yourself it's completely fine you, you can examine inside with a finger and touch your cervix you're not going to hurt it um and and after surgery as well you know, you might find people who've had a hysterectomy and have a lot of discomfort particularly if that's after, his, after endometriosis or something similar. Um, so once things have healed, it's starting to get them to be confident to look at and feel what's going on there. How is it different? Look at it. How does it look different if they're comfortable? And how does it feel? And and um, so they can massage the scar and be comfortable that they are uh, to touch that part of their body so they can make sure they're, they're feeling a bit more relaxed if someone else touches that part of their body, they're not so worried. Um, yeah, because there are lots, Lavin- lots, and lots of things. Sorry. No,
0: Lavinia has just spoken so brilliantly about the use of vaginal moisturisers and yeah. safe lubricants and ingredients, and how we're so not clued up about ingredients. Do you feel this is the first step for most women that come into your practice, um, presenting with vulval, vaginal, bladder symptoms, to really get onto a good moisturising routine with safe products?
2: Yes, definitely. And I think um, educating women about intimate health is really important. So making sure, seeing what they're doing at the moment, because, um, so explaining to them that, that before the menopause, their vagina is this lovely, as we know, this self-cleaning oven that we describe it as, and that actually the walls of the vagina Replenish themselves every four hours. They shed and they they make new cells, and they're very healthy and bouncy and supple and springy, and they've got lots of lovely folds, and everything looks moist and healthy. Um, and so, therefore, if you do have sex and there's a tiny little abrasion, that usually heals really quickly because the vagina is wonderful at doing that. It has a lovely acidic pH of about four point five to five point three, so it's very happy in its own in its own environment. And if you, um, if you put things inside, then you may change that acidic nature of it. And that then can um, put you at risk of infections. You've got lots of lovely lactobacillus in there. They keep the vagina nice and healthy. Um, so we don't want to be wiping inside or washing discharge away. And if we have discharge we're not happy with, we should go and get it checked out to make sure there's no infection that we need to be treating in a different way um and then it, when we lose estrogen uh we see those vaginal walls thin and the bladder walls can thin and we can have a little bit of shrinkage of the outside of the labia which leaves the urethra more open so we can start to get um and the vaginal wall doesn't replenish itself as often and the acidity may change the lactobacillus change levels change so we see changes that are going on the bacteria with the thickness of the walls and things are very um old, old fragile and thin and they can bleed more easily and we can see that with the bladder as well so we have women who come in with uh, vaginal soreness and itching and and bleeding and, and a lady today was describing it that when she had sex when when the penis came out it might have blood on the penis and she said that was really frightening for them both um so she's now gone away with another um, she was already taking a product like this so there were two receptors for oestrogen in the vagina this oestriol and oestradiol and she was taking a cream which actually was an oestriol cream here can you see so, so you can mm-hmm. put that in um, and that was what she was using. So we've added an extra estradiol cream in for her as well to try and help that um, because she said this was really helpful, but things need a little bit of an improvement and she's been on it for a while. So we can really help people with this sort of thing when sex becomes uncomfortable and we find um, the, the, the the symptoms start and the, the bladder symptoms can also be really distressing. So people may more frequently pass urine um and they can um uh, they can get night they can get infections they can get n- up at night going to the toilet and they get that horrible urge to pee where they put their key in the door and then they simply just can't quite make it to the toilet um so those things can so be a Charis, problem.
0: <clears throat> the um cream you have just mentioned that is more than a vaginal moisturizer right is that a vaginal is, estrogen yeah. already
2: so this is a vagina so so I would say so the, the non-hormonal treatments are the ones that Lavinia will have talked about brilliantly because I know we've spoken before, um, and they are absolutely brilliant. And choosing the right one is very important. So some women will um, try putting all sorts of things inside the vagina. I've seen detox, TCP, um, uh, you know, anything to try oh. and clean out what or to try and help. Women often go to great lengths to help themselves in this sort of situation because they don't want it to be examined or to have the embarrassment of talking about it and they want to try and help so they will find anything they can to try and help and and men are the same anything that's going on that they're embarrassed about they they try and self-help quite a lot So say Sudafed is a is uh, not pseudoped, pseudocreme. <laughs> pseudocreme. <laughs> pseudocreme is one that's quite commonly used vaseline um people sometimes wash inside the vagina with soap so remembering that an imperial leather soap has got a ph of about 11 and our vagina has got a ph of about four to five so that's going to really change what the, what the acidity in the vagina and that won't help them um, so so we try so the intimate care regime not douching for example um washing just with water around the lips um, and then we look at the non-hormonal things that now we're, we're, we're able to advise them on and not buying one that's going to make things worse for them. So wh- one from the shop that might actually be making the symptoms worse. And often people will try things for a very short amount of time before they say it doesn't work. So you've got to really go back in the history and say exactly what, that, what was that and how long did you use it for and what were you doing at the same time? So you can really try and unpick what people have tried to do to support themselves. Um, And then, yes, we're looking at uh, hormonal vaginal oestrogen, which is not HRT um, and can be used um, safely by very many women, even after cancer. Um, so, when we're looking at cancer diagnoses, for example, if we were looking at a breast or a gynecological diagnosis, these women can still use hormonal vaginal estrogen. Um, and it sometimes is a case of looking at um, the, the tumor and the markers of the tumor and exactly what whether it's estrogen dependent, what type of cancer it is, and then talking with your oncologist and your menopause specialist about whether. Vaginal estrogen treatments may be suitable for you, um, because in in a majority of cases they are, um, and it is really a case of opening the conversation and being knowledgeable about the types of treatments that are available, so that the conversation can then be opened with the specialist and oncologist. Um, so we make sure that the treatment is safe uh, for you. Speaking about possible risk of recurrence, uh, what type of cancer has been treated? um so that's that's where we are
0: so carries we just had a question and the lady said is vagifem okay to use i haven't had sex for over five years as it's too painful that's not an isolated case. Like you must hear that a lot that women stop having sex and then a lot of pleasure goes and intimacy goes and relationship changes. And sometimes we end up being five, ten years after our primary diagnosis. And so much has changed as a result of some of the side effects. And it can feel like your whole life is crumbling because of it. It's really disappointing.
2: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I had, um, I have conversations with women every day about this you know about how actual and i spoke to our pc pcn um group of doctors about it recently about how important it is to speak about sex and to speak about intimacy and pleasure with women because um many women they 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 may have pain um they may have loss of libido because of pain um, they may have loss of the ability to climax because they have some changes around the clitoris and around the labia. Um, so it can be more difficult for that to happen. Um, and sometimes they're frightened because they may have had an operation, maybe hysterectomy or maybe removal of some tissue and they're they're frightened that's going to be uncomfortable or their partner's frightened. And then they can come in talking about difficulties that can cause between the relationship between them and their partner. And often they will say, um i oh, they would say, "Look, my partner's really understanding, and you know he doesn't want to put me under any pressure, but I'm actually really frightened about losing him. So I have sex because I have to, not because I want to, and it hurts. But I, I don't want to not do it because I'm worried for what will happen to our relationship. So um, I think it's really important. We look." Um, we look at intimate issues and we're able to talk about it really openly and freely because these sorts of treatments can make things so much more comfortable. Um, so they are um, really low dose in oestrogen. They are started um, and for a majority of cases, they can be started uh, using it every night for two or three weeks. And then you use it ongoing, maybe twice a week, sometimes more often. Sometimes we can use products together um, that makes them a bit more effective um and they're really they that you can find i'll show you some products that you can use now they take about they can cause a little bit of irritation for a couple of weeks so it's really worth mentioning that to people because sometimes people will get a bit of irritation and then they'll think oh this isn't for me i don't think i can carry on this way so that could sometimes happen to start so expect a little bit of change of, uh, of irritation for the first couple of weeks and then they take about two to four months to work So don't expect it to be something that's really quick. It could take a little bit of time to work. So still keep going with the treatment and try and remember to take it uh, regularly because it's the sort of treatment that you need to keep taking. It's not something you take for a month or so and then it stops. It's a long-term, lifelong treatment. Um, And there are lots of different types of treatment. I've got some products and some little um. Um, and some little uh, little pictures like this. So um, so there are two types of, so there's Estradiol and then there's Estradiol. Um, and the one that I sometimes start with is a little, little. you see those are teeny little tablets. Um, so those can go up inside. These are um, Estradiol 10 microgram vaginal tablets. And they are inserted using a little um, applicator. Now there are two types of these. So this one is Vagifem. This applicator is a daily applicator and is thrown away. This one is Vagi This white applicator um, in these boxes is reused 24 times. Um, So it's a little bit more environmentally friendly, but it is the same product. Um, And what you do is you put the little tiny little tablet in the end. Oh, I think you can see it. Yeah, and then you push that inside the vagina really gently, not worrying about hurting yourself or, or worrying about. It. So as far up as is comfortable, and then you've got whoop, and you've got a little tiny plunger that you just release there. Um, so it's really easy and gentle if you're happy to use something which goes in with an applicator.
0: <clears throat> Harris, one lady is just asking: Is it possible to also use your finger rather than the applicator, as the applicator is quite uncomfortable?
2: Yes, so you can, but I, I don't know that it would be that easy to fit this in into the vagina. But, but yes, of course you can. If you think something's uncomfortable, then you don't need to do it. And we've, we've been discussing recently about what sort of applicators you could use that are more comfortable. But there is So, so that, for example, is Bajie, um Rooks and Badgie Femme. So it's an Estradiol 10 microgram little t- tablet. There is this one, which I love. Um, it is in Invagis. So it's like a little bullet. It looks quite big, but it's not. Um, and it's really moisturizing. It's lovely. So you can put this in with your finger and then you're more in control of where you're pushing um, the tablet. So you know that you're going to be feeling anything. You're not going to cause yourself any damage, which which an applicator could do for some women. Um, this is each trial. Um, it, this is every night for three weeks and then you use it twice a week ongoing. Um, and lots of women love this because it's something which they can they've got a bit more control over and it's a bit more moisturizing some women find it has a little bit more discharge and they don't like that so um so it really is very much a personal preference um this one here is Blissel. this is a um really low estrogen uh, so it's an estrile um cream that goes into this little applicator Easy. And then you just gently plunge that inside. And you can use that inside the vagina, or you can use that outside the lips. Because sometimes people get, they get sort of almost little paper cuts around the vulva, um, which are super, super thin. And it's like you've had a little paper cut. And it's so, so uncomfortable. So you can use this cream around the outside, and you can also use it inside. And that can help. So what it does is it will help to reperfuse the tissues, make them a little bit um, make them thicker, bouncier, bouncier, more supple, more healthy. Um, and it also will help with the clitoris. If the clitoris has shrunk back a little bit, it will help to um, to, to to encourage that to become more healthy and, and um, to regain itself. And it can also help with the bladder. So putting it inside the vagina, because the bladder and the vagina are so rich in estrogen receptors, um. We can find that um, when we put it inside the vagina, it helps the bladder symptoms as well. So women who have got frequency of urine, who got being up at night, one thing I really like is a bladder diary. So this is my one that I, I was going to show you. So you just write down when you, when you, what you drink, how much you drink, and when you drink. And you measure with a little jug how much you eat. So uh, you just have to have a jug with you all day. Um, And it helps me very, very much because I don't know whether you're a real coffee drinker and you have 25 cups a day or whether you are someone who drinks fizzy drinks. Or whether you drink most of your drinks in the evening, that's why you're up at night. Or whether you don't drink much at all because you're worried you're going to have an accident when you go out. So it's so, so helpful. I love this so much. Um, and I and I love to see how much your bladder can hold. So can you hold 400 mils overnight and then get up and have a really big wee in the morning? Or can you only hold, you know, 90 mils and you're, you're on the loo 25 times a day? You know, I see so much and um, this is incredibly, incredibly helpful. Um, and then we, we look because uh, sometimes we have an overactive bladder going on alongside all these things that happen in the vagina. So one other thing I really love is this bladder training chart. So this gives us if you're someone who's going to the loo. 50 times a day. You know, you need to try and help your bladder. Remember, your bladder is a balloon. Help your bladder learn that it can hold a bit more. So maybe try holding on just for a few minutes and then going... So. Not you we must we're, we're all a bit guilty aren't we of trying to i'm just going out i might need a week so so we, we need to make sure that our bladder is able to hold a good amount and that it's not um and that we're not uh, it's not going to squeeze and, and let us have a leak when we're out and about you know we want to get it used to doing that so these vaginal estrogens can help the bladder um and and an overactive bladder as well we have other creams here if you can see here so we've got ovestin which is a an estrogen cream and the East Dry Oil Cream, those may be pretty much the same thing. Yes. Um, and then we've got this lovely, can you see that? Beautiful estrogen releasing ring that sits inside. So if you're someone who's a little bit worried about touching and doesn't and forgets, because with the best will in the world, remembering something twice a week is not that easy. Um, so, um, so if you'd like something that stays in there for 12 weeks then you've got this really springy little plastic ring that pops up inside, it doesn't fall out and it releases lovely vaginal oestrogen into the vagina and then you've got that inside, you know that that's all okay, you can have sex with it in, you can put it in yourself, you can take it out yourself, you can give it a little wash with some water Um, but really it stays in there so it should be really comfortable, you shouldn't feel it in there. You can put this in, if you're someone who's had an operation or you've got a bit of a prolapse um, and you may have a vaginal ring, like a quite a hard vaginal um, ring, um, plastic ring. These can go in with that. They're brilliant. The vaginal ring would normally need to be changed every six months, um, but these can be popped in and out every every three months, and they can really help because the vaginal rings can be a bit sore sometimes and cause a little bit of bleeding, especially as women get um, get older if the vaginal tissues become thin. Um, and it seems. Sorry, oh, it seems
0: that there are lo- it seems that there are loads of options, and it also seems that it takes a little bit of time for it to work. Lavinia, when people start moisturising and they start having a proper regime and they remember to moisturise their vagina every day, for example, how long, from your experience that women shared with you, does it take for women to see an improvement with the moisturisers alone?
1: Do you know, we recently did an amazing survey, and I don't have the results with me here, but it's almost instantaneous. We get people saying, oh my goodness, the relief was just so, and that is because the formulation does rehydrate almost immediately. And actually, I know that we're nearly out of time, but what it would be really helpful for Caris to confirm is we've talked about the vaginal estrogen, we've talked about vaginal moisturizers and lubricants, but actually there is a way that you can combine the two so, mm-hmm. Carrie's mentioning that the vaginal oestrogen you use every two uh, every day for two weeks or even three weeks and then twice a week or three times a week. So, you can still use the vaginal moisturiser on the days that you're not using the vaginal oestrogen and obviously you still need to use lubricants for, for intercourse. So, probably best if you're using a, a little tiny pastry that you, you have sex first and then you put the, the, the vaginal and afterwards you wouldn't necessarily want to mix the two at exactly the same time so i know that um it was nick panay who who recommended very early on that the 10 micrograms of estrogen that you use twice a week is not nearly as high a dose as the previous it sort of four or five years ago the were they were 25 micrograms and so people sometimes find that that They just need a little bit more, a little bit something extra. And that's where the vaginal moisturiser can come in very handy. So the nice guidelines do actually say to doctors, please recommend to your patients that vaginal oestrogen can be used alone or in combination with moisturisers and lubricants. So I think that's a really important thing. It's not one or the other. They can actually be used in combination. Would you agree, Karis?
2: Absolutely. I always give people both. So I always say that here you are, and this is the information about the uh, the moisturizers and the lubricants as well. and particularly, I love the the sort of slip and slide sort of thing because women, if things are dry, then they want to be they they want to be enjoying sex as as a pleasure for them and something which is intimate and and connecting them with their partner and they don't want to be really worried, is it going to hurt? am I going am I going to have some bleeding? So they want to it gives them that reassurance that they've got something which is actually really nice and and fun to use and it's not going to hurt them. Um, And they can be confident with their body then so they can start then to relax. And that can really help um, as well. So, yeah, by all means, I use absolutely use both. So um, um, and it's really important to do that as well and just give them confidence with their with their body as it has changed. With, uh, with any treatment and with uh, with symptoms that they may be happening or uh, they may, may be having uh, and there are two other products just to let people know about um so there's an oral um, tablet here um which which can be used at 60 milligrams a day and there's a there's Intrarossa, which are, which is prosterone which is a DHEA um, treatment as well so I know' it's snow, we're running um, late on time but these are some things some things which if you look at um, I've got it here, you're looking for more information about this. The BMS have got um, um, an information leaflet on urogenital atrophy. They call it, so they haven't changed the name back down to um, to um, the uh, genitourinary syndrome of the menopause. And there's lots of information there on the different products um that you can use um, and so just going to your doctor and discussing that might this one be right for me Um, what sort of thing could I look at and um and add into my vagina moisturizers and lubricant uh, and intimate care regime Um, and uh, and then you know sort of which products you think might suit you better so if you're someone who prefers to use a finger great if you'd like an applicator great if you think a ring would suit brilliant so I always give women a choice say what would you like so today someone was going oh no I don't want the ring but I've got the cream and I, I think I could try that one as well so it's, it's like a little shop <laughs> so you can see well what, what actually not everyone likes the same thing um, what we feel comfortable about doing is different um, so some people will feel really comfortable with something that other people won't like.
0: Yeah, and we just had a few questions earlier about can we only get yes from the GP? Well, that's not true, isn't it, Lavinia? Because yes is a brand and can be bought online as well. Talk us through how we can access those different treatments. Of course, vaginal oestrogen from your GP. Maybe you need to speak to a menopause specialist to talk to your oncologist. Um, talk us through access, Lavinia. How does yes? How yes. can you access yes or through the GP?
1: So the, the vaginal moisturiser, um, which is the YesVM, and the Yes Water Based, are both available from your from the GP on prescription, either in a tube or in the the pack the pack of applicators. Um, so they're they're are the, four products that are available uh, through your GP, and you probably do have to ask them because many GPs are still prescribing Replens, which is one of the first. Uh, vaginal moisturizers, goes back many, many, many years. It doesn't suit everybody, but the knowledge hasn't necessarily got out there. But yes, it is available through your GP. It is also available directly from our website or from Acado, from Superdrug, and that's a bigger range. That includes the washes, the oil-based, and also we have a, a little clitoral stimulant uh, called Yes or so Yes for people that are finding right, it difficult and I can't like sleep. It's disappeared. I love your toolboxes um, so here today. Just, here's my toolbox. Yes so Yes is an organic oil, clitoral stimulant. So I think um, Carrie's mentioned sometimes post cancer, post menopause, our clitoris becomes less sensitive and less easy to be aroused. And this is a product that you just put a tiny Great. bit of oil and it can definitely help with arousal and pleasure. So that's available directly from our website. Um, And as I say, there are lots of independent health stores and natural product stores that, that sell our products, but it's probably best to come directly to our website because there you get all the background knowledge. You get fantastic team of customer service ladies. If you've got any questions, you can do live chat, you can call up, you can send an email. So what we do is offer so much more than just the product we offer support education information and we're there for everybody
0: if they've got any questions no question is too intimate Mm. And I think sometimes people walk away from conversations like today, and it's a lot like, you know, people might not have even heard that there are more than one option of vaginal oestrogen. They might think it's not an option for them. We just have a lady in the chat who said her oncologist said no um, to any HRT after her trip negative breast cancer. I wonder, and we're not going to go into details here because obviously we can't give medical advice, but I wonder whether if um, this lady saw a menopause specialist, whether vaginal oestrogen would be no problem, for example. And so we always have to continue asking if our problems persist, we have to go back and ask the question, right? And say, I've still got these problems. Who can help me? It's not fair that we're left on our own. And I think sometimes we listen to these conversations and like someone said earlier, Lavinia, you're so knowledgeable. Karis, you've brought so much information in 20 minutes. We often walk away and we then think, oh my gosh, what do I do now? Like what do I do with this information? And it might be weeks until someone listening to this conversation goes out and seeks to help. So in the meantime, phoning a chat lane or phoning Breast Cancer Now, for example, who've got a great hotline staffed by nurses can be a really good step in starting to talk about these issues because like you said earlier carries it might be really difficult to have the conversation with your doctor imagine if that doctor is male and it's not very easy to talk about all of these issues
2: I think you're right and some people when we speak about it they do say you know I a lot of people comment oh i just couldn't have this conversation with a man and and actually maybe you you do have to definitely find someone that you feel comfortable talking to and i'd specifically ask that lady with the estrogen negative breast cancer or, or triple negative breast cancer i think you said um to please go and and get uh, and speak with a doctor about that um because uh, it is really important um, to make sure you're getting information. As, as evidence changes, um, there, there's more confidence in prescribing um, different products. Um, so yes, if it's a symptom. Um, and we also need to think very much about, so one, one thing I would love to just get across is that there is no woman who cannot ask, no matter what your cancer type, no matter what your estrogen receptor type, you, you can always ask for help. Um, no no matter what you think the answer might be, it might be that you need to go and see a doctor and a menopause specialist who is really um able to talk with you about the risks and the benefits of the treatment for your particular type of cancer Um, because um, they will all be very different Um, but in a majority of women we can use these very low dose vaginal estrogen products Um, so it's just being sure that you've spoken to somebody who is appropriately trained um, and is going to be able to help you with that. And often looking for someone on the British Menopause Society specialist website and um, will be able to guide you towards having those conversations. And actually, um, there, there are lots of NHS clinics that are available um, that will also have people who are really highly trained in menopause. So just finding mm-hmm. the right person so that you always get the support you need.
0: Yeah, we had a lovely comment halfway through, Carries, just before you joined us, about how fantastically knowledgeable Lavinia is. A lady is just saying, "I wish Jack Harris was my GP," and I thought that all along myself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wish you were my GP, Rich. and. A lovely faith just said, "I've learned so much um, today, and so much to remember and take in. Fantastic, Danny. And I do think that only like ten percent goes in from these conversations. And sometimes we need to revisit the conversations, or we we'll get it out on the podcast. Pen and paper needs to come out. This is not a do the wash, do the dishes. And and sometimes we just need to sit down with pen and paper and think, okay, what am I going to do with this information? What are my symptoms? Which ones have been persisting?" Which ones do I want help with? And then we need to go out and get that help because I think, especially when there's a bit of shame and fear about talking associated, we're even more reluctant to go and get the help, but we do deserve that help. And from listening to both of you, that help is there,
2: isn't it? It's a symptom that can be really tackled. Yes, yes, absolutely. And it's really common. So 80% of women may suffer from this as we go through and get older anyway. So if we think it's that many women and how many have not said anything and have suffered on and um, we have a long way to go. But I think um, there are a lot of older ladies out there now and not just uh, younger women, it may be their mums. And in fact, I had a lovely lady, um, Um, who came recently and um, she said it was my daughter who told me she said you don't have to suffer like this mum you go and get some help Um, and she she, um, and it was it was an amazing conversation to have with her so um, and so lovely that actually we're supporting our older generation as well you know aunts grandmothers you know just talking more absolutely just fantastic
0: Jessie just said, I need to get some of that clitoral stimulant. Go for it, Jesse. I've got it. And I will share my discount code with you so you can get a discount when you get it. Another lady said, this has been so wonderful. I'm feeling so emotional. Oh, um, the uh, Yes products are great, but my GP did not tell me about them, even though they're prescribed it. I know, but now you know, and you share that information with everyone, Louise. Um, and Colette is asking for the website. I will link to that website in our messages and show notes. Um, Jessie said, amazing, thanks, love. Yes, tell me, Lavinia, and then we I need just, to wrap up because yeah. people must be oh getting hungry. God, <laughs> we could just go along. There's
1: even more. What I wanted to say was, you know, on social media, when you have a live and, or even, and there are comments, and the person whether it's Davina McCall or whoever, they can't answer. They, and a medical professional can't answer all those questions. But what I would like to say is that if anybody would like to email me, if they've got, I, I, as I say, I'm not a medical professional, but I can always sign signpost post people. So if they want to email me directly, it's just Lavinia at yesyesyes.org. I can point them in the right direction. I really am happy to help like that because it's as you say, everybody's going to go away and there might be something they think about later. And where do they get the answer if they don't have a menopause specialist or their GP isn't very sympathetic? We've had this conversation. We've given lots of information, but I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, you're all amazing. Thank you so much. Don't offer that, Caris. Otherwise, you've got lots of people not knocking on your GP's door.
2: <laughs> thank, <laughs> you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you lovely to to come on today and thank you Lavinia you've been you've been amazing I, I need to get some more products to give out
0: <laughs> all right right, well, I'll, uh, I'll sort that out
2: for you yeah definitely I would you know I would love
0: to talk more because in the past when I spoke to to Lavinia we spoke about dilators and sex toys and I have embarked on so much learning about my own sexual health especially when I was transported into menopause because of my cancer and I kind of realized that I wasn't very educated about my own sexual health and pleasure and intimacy in in general and so i'm waking up to lots of things jesse like you will to the clitoris stimulant <laughs> and i think it's all positive i know a lot of women are really suffering and it's great that you both explained there's lots of help out there and alongside of it i think it's positive because it's a little bit of a rediscovery of who we are and and ourselves and our bits like we just called our bits like I love it we use all these great words vagina vulva it's it's good to be here and it's good to do this together and I can't thank you both enough for spending your time with us today thank you Lavinia thank you Karis thank, oh,
2: you, thank you so much
0: I am so filled with love for every single woman in our community when we stopped the recording we all had a really lovely um 10 minutes to chat to one another to just know who's in the room. And I know you don't sort of get that same experience if you're listening back or watching back um, at a later stage. But for everyone that joined me live we get a real sense of connection, which is amazing. I know we've all been through so much. And if you're listening to this, I know you've been through so much. You've had this cancer diagnosis and then you've almost had this insult to your injury, which is menopause and other long lasting side effects of cancer treatment, the surgeries maybe you've been on. And it's a lot. So I know by the time I connect with people, we've all bringing so much difficulty into our present moment. And I really, I will never forget that because your journeys are also my own journey. And when I speak to the experts, I'm always the patient and I'm always also the patient that asks the questions on behalf of all of you at home, because I truly love connecting to you all. We just had so many lovely messages in. One lady said, Danny, just to say another huge thank you. I've spent the most worthwhile time with you and your guests on the Hair and Sexual Health Workshops. I've learned so much. You make us all feel less alone and more empowered with everything you offer. Podcast, your Instagram, your Facebook, it's just wonderful. I feel so supported. From the bottom of my heart, thank you again. And I can't tell you how grateful I am that I'm able to do this, that I'm able to bring together all of you at home listening to this and watching this back and our community of experts. It's a true privilege to be here and almost be the middleman and to be able to connect to you. I know it's a huge privilege and I'm very grateful I get to do it. And So in the future, if you feel you want to connect with us, connect to us in whichever way feels good for you. Some people really don't want to come into a Facebook group and do the chatting there, that's okay. Come and join us for a workshop or read the online resources. Go back through all of the podcast episodes, maybe this is how you learn. But make sure you reach out to someone who has shared experience, a menopause buddy, as I call them, or another friend who you can just tell about what is going on for you. Because I always feel that when we are able to say it, um, it just becomes a little bit later for all of us. So make sure you connect to us in whichever way is okay for you. I'm going to put as much into the show notes as possible, all the links from our experts, the code again for healthy whole me for yes, yes, yes dot org, forward slash healthy whole me. If you want to buy yourself some yes products, remember you can also get them from the GP. And with that, I'm going to love you and leave you and I see you and um, hear you again next week on the podcast.